0: This episode is brought to you by Anchor. Anchor is a free, easy to use hosting and podcasting tool and is exactly what I use to bring you the happiness project podcast. So one question that I am asked often is how do I start my own podcast? And I always suggest them to go to Anchor. Anchor is absolutely free and has some amazing creation tools that allow you to record and edit right from your phone and computer. And it has this very simple and seamless distribution. So your podcast can be heard on so many platforms from Apple, Spotify, Google, Stitcher and many other platforms. You can also use it to make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership. And I have to say that I have really been enjoying my time with Anchor. So I'm really excited to have Anchor sponsor my podcast. So if you are thinking to start your own podcast, you can get everything you need in one place at Anchor. So go ahead and download the free app or go on anchor.fm to get started. That's A-N-C-H-O-R dot F-M. And now, on the new series.
1: the happiness project podcast the podcast which has touched more than 30,000 lives and has evolved in more than 65 countries and it's available on 10 plus platforms please do subscribe and follow the happiness project so that you never miss a single episode on the show you can also rate and write a review on iTunes, Podbean, Stitcher or any other platform that you're listening the podcast on. Because your support will go a long way. You are now listening to New Perspectives with Rena Jain, who's a mental health expert, a qualified psychologist, and a wellness coach. Questions are now being accepted on this podcast. So once again, do not forget to send in your questions related to the topic being discussed. Perspective is a point of view. Everyone has their own view and there is nothing that draws a strict line that this is right and this is wrong. What seems to be correct to some, may be wrong for another in their perspective. So it all depends upon the perspective of the beholder. To everything in life, there's always a positive and a negative side. The thing is, it's so damn easy to focus on one over the other. Some of us tend to focus too much on the negative side. As you know, it's usually easier to forget the positive over the negative. But, here's the good news, you get to choose which side you want to focus on. It's simply a matter of shifting your perspective, or in other words, shifting your thoughts. This series will force you to shift your mindset, to step away from your thought process and lift you to create a positive community. New Perspectives is all about stepping away from the known and stepping into the unknown. It's about breaking the old belief system and allowing yourself to look at everything a bit differently. This series is about pausing and taking a stock take of who you are and what you've already achieved and giving yourself a confidence boost instead of a seemingly impossible task list. And finally, it's about personal growth in a time of constant change. Welcome
0: back to another episode on the happiness project. This week, we have Marcus Kirch, who is a thought leader, keynote speaker, and an author of the Wicked Company. He is also the co-host of the Wicked podcast. Marcus helps organizations create better products, services, and colleague experiences. He's trained in design thinking, MIT research, and IDOs methodologies. Companies like BT, HSBC, Nationwide, Nizan and others were able to improve their teams through new processes and improve the mindsets and effectiveness of thousands of employees. In this episode particularly, Marcus takes us through his journey where he talks about change, fears and people's personal development and more importantly what made it easier for him to change and adapt to new problems and challenges throughout his life. He also talks about how to succeed in these dynamic times we live in, whether you are a solopreneur, entrepreneur, a startup, CEO, project manager, thinker, designer, or an engineer. And finally, he also elaborates on the kind of mindset people need to have During times like these, especially during COVID, where a new economic reality and the mental stress of being isolated at home is impacting so many people across the world. So let us now welcome the one and only Marcus Koch. Hey Marcus, how are you?
2: Hey Reina, I'm good. How are you?
0: I'm good too, thank you. It's a pleasure having you on my show today.
2: Yeah, things can be fun
0: yeah i'm'm I'm, I'm sure it's gonna be fun. <laughs> so Marcus, you have a very eclectic background from art design, technology into strategy and business consulting. Well, you even wrote a book. So firstly, congratulations on that. You run a podcast. So you yes So can you tell us a bit about the transitions in your career that made it so diverse?
2: Yes, I think, um, well, I like to say I'm passionately curious, um, but I think there's a couple of things that happened. One was probably that I originally started studying design, So, but while I was studying design, we had the dot-com boom happening, so we had this big technology revolution happening, and I always As a kid, I owned a little uh, one of those early personal computers from home, so I started coding. So then, because I was designing, I thought, okay, let's see if design and code can work together. And I sort of combined these things. So I got Mm. curious into programming and just picked that up. So I added that to it. And that already was a bit weird. So for me, it wasn't weird because I was curious. Mm-hmm. But for other people around me, who were either designers or programmers, they couldn't quite make sense of who I am and why I'm doing these weird things.
3: Right. But I
2: just had fun doing it and you know, it became my job. So that, that meant that after my design BA, I didn't find building websites too challenging and I thought maybe there's something else we can do and I mm-hmm. uh, ended up moving to, to London. I'm from Germany, so I moved to London to do an MA and there I learned even more things around behavior and people and technology and I got interested in that and that reframed I think my mindset towards what it is I'm doing and that is more like sort of human-centered design or generally being curious about what people do with technology and tools right. and that is just sort of broad mindset that there's a lot of different things practices and knowledge you can add to it and, and it informs you it uh, improves what, how you work and what kind of ideas you can come up with. Mm-hmm. So, for me, this it's it's maybe I'm a natural sort of explorer and experimenter a little bit, a bit, but a little bit more, uh, like a mad professor of sorts, which is how I was described at times. And so I ended up working through different industries, who all seem to be picking up change at different pace. You know, it start, started like an entertainment and through advertising and automotive. Now the last few jobs I've been doing are more around banking. Um, so you can see, it's sort of the industries who started to pick up digital, mm-hmm. they started to pick me up too. And so I learned about different industries as well and saw the similarities and differences. Mm-hmm. And I saw the need to move into not just a production kind of role, but more into a management strategy and consultant right. uh, position to actually help people build those contacts in order to work the way I used to mm-hmm. work years before. So I'm taking that learning into now helping other people do the same.
0: That is wonderful. I just wanted to know whether what inspired you to write The Wicked Company and why The Wicked?
2: Yes, so um, uh, it takes people sometimes a while to understand what I do and this eclectic background and all the stages of change I went through and why I'm not a designer anymore, why I'm not a coder anymore, why I'm not a manager anymore, why I'm something else and I, in my head, as well, tried to bring these things together. So as much as I, step by step, got into change, to move into a new area or mindset or skill set, um, it, it took years to do that. Mm-hmm. And I wanted to help people understand and see the world the way I see it. Because sometimes for me, things were quite obvious and other people were struggling because they didn't have the same viewpoint onto a problem so i wanted to compress that a little bit into a narrative and a story that i can actually give out people that can read it and maybe it helps them right. uh, to not find the future as overwhelming as other mm-hmm. people do i don't find the future overwhelming i find it very exciting i know and i see a lot of opportunities so for me i i managed to what other people might see as stress and and, mm-hmm. and fear inducing as mm-hmm. as positive and energizing and that helps me and so I try to put it into a story that maybe opens the mind and lets people see oh actually yeah it's actually simpler not as threatening as I thought it's actually something you can that can help you rather than that challenges you
0: right 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 so for the ones who don't know what this book is all about it is definitely a must read especially in times like these we all need a moment to reflect and question our way of thinking and learn a new way of thinking so this book certainly taps into various dynamics of success in times that we live in so i would love for you to share whether what can people expect out of this book marcus and how does your book relate to change fears and people's personal development
2: yes so um it does talk a lot about organizations but the the essential mindset change to understand is 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 at the very core of it because i want whole organizations change their mindset. But as an individual, as myself and other people I work with, it goes a little bit like this. Um, The name, The Wicked Company, comes from the terminology uh, wicked problem. A Wicked problem is a problem that keeps evolving, something we'll never quite understand well enough,
3: Mm -hmm. but
2: we're comfortable with that. And the only way to um, bring a solution to a wicked problem, Mm -hmm. which is essentially behaving like a moving target, is to experiment and embrace uncertainty. So the factor of change and fear that is in anyone, even me still up to today when when change appears and uncertainty is around us Mm -hmm. and there's just no other way to gain more knowledge Mm -hmm. before you have to take action. So to make that leap, if you understand that most bigger problems around us are wicked problems, are moving targets, then in theory it should, or at least that's true for me, it will sort of calm you down. It reduces the fear because you know that failure is 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 a, is often a possibility, but it's not it's not a, it's not a failure that crashes your system. Mm-hmm. It can be a sustainable failure if you try small things, mm-hmm. and we do that all the time. Actually, people do that more than they realize. So, for example, when you look when you look at work or you look in your life, and you have all your friends around or people around, and you do things and you try to, you know, just progress through life, you will try different things. You will try to, I don't know, what am I going to do with my money? What are i going to do with my relationship? Um, all these things every day. We actually test, for example, our relationship every day, 20, 30 times. You know, the way we communicate with our partners or our children or anyone really. And it's a constant test of either reaffirmation, mm-hmm. or I'd like to do this, how about that? Or why we're we never doing this? Or mm-hmm. um, do you know I feel like that, you know? Mm-hmm. All these things are basically tests and experimentations to, to, to get to a better place. And mm-hmm. uh, so, so in a way, we're always, we're always doing that. It's just because we're, we're, we're doing it so much in such small increments.
3: Mm-hmm. We don't notice
2: it. It's like breathing, you just don't notice it. Absolutely. So mm-hmm. sometimes it helps when someone like me comes and says, well, actually, you know, you're already doing it. You're looking at what I do and you think that's different, but it's actually not. I'm proposing the same idea. And life is probably the biggest wicked problem. Li- just like COVID-19 the epidemic mm-hmm. at the moment is a wicked problem.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: Whatever you do in life can affect a lot of people. And there's a lot of counter effects and feedback mm-hmm. loops and so on. And it's it's the same riddle. It's the same problem so we're living in the middle of one the problem mm-hmm. is we can't really see it because mm-hmm. we're not often told that now have a look at have a look at it this is actually what's going on isn't it yeah. so and that's a little bit what i'm trying to do with the book to switch this and say stand still for a second and look at what mm-hmm. you just did there mm-hmm. that's the same thing so you're actually braver than you think uh yeah. you're already doing this you accept fear to a certain extent and that's mm-hmm. fine And knowing your fear can reduce your fear in a bit you know or knowing giving your fear a different name might make you more uh positive towards uncertainty and welcome it in a way because you're actually realizing i'm living in uncertainty (laughs) every day
0: right i think what i believe is that a lot of times people find it difficult to accept change so what can they do about it
2: yes so um i think a big issue with change often is the way it's communicated to you. So, Mm -hmm. for example, I feel, you know, uh, let's look at the COVID-19 case because it's so uh, prominent and so all-encompassing. Anything from our personal life to to our work life, to to the society we live in, the economy Mm -hmm. is heavily affected. So there's a lot of uncertainty, a lot of fear, a lot of um, potential that our normal life, you know, our mortgage, anything connected to a job suddenly falls apart. and it has already for a lot of people and all businesses Mm -hmm. Um, so I think the fact that the fact that it's already there and we're already dealing with it should give us uh, the certainty that the level of uncertainty is always pretty much similar I would say Cause we can already see people who do something about it you know mm-hmm. um, again organizations and people you 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 probably already started to rearrange your work life at home um, mm-hmm. it was interesting a few weeks ago I did a survey on, on people working at home and you know the things that came out from it
0: mm-hmm.
2: were both positive and negative and I would say pretty equally which basically mm-hmm. means that we stepped into a new reality yeah but it's neither worth nor better necessarily. It's just there's aspects of it, and then it's it. And then it's down to the fact that um, if society would communicate to you better that look, you can now be at home. That's not the worst <laughs> in the world because uh, you're saving time on commute. You're closer to your family all the time. Uh, you know we can support you somewhat, <laughs> and you still you. Most of the jobs you do, you can still do. Totally. And, uh, the problem is that the government often has communicated these things as a very mm. negative so they tell you they tell you how many people are dying mm. uh, they tell you that uh, you can't go back to your office and that means you can't go to your job even so you're actually doing your job <laughs> so it's confusing right and it, it sounds very negative but actually people like me who are more sitting on a freelance space we've done this for a long time
3: yeah.
2: uh, and and we're not really fussed about this and we understand it but unfortunately the majority of people so i don't think think there's only 10-15 percent of freelancers. Mm
3: -hmm.
2: um the rest of us don't know what that means you know and when i talk to people it's interesting when i talk to people who've never been freelancers always been worked full-time they're like i couldn't work as a freelancer i couldn't do this because (laughs) it's so uncertain it's so uncertain it's like well yeah but in the end you sort of it's the difference between you're going to a project and you feel certain you're going to work a couple of months and then yeah. in between you have to look for the new one and there's this uncertainty and it mm-hmm. is a bit stressful but there's also freedom and the positive side to it where I go like, you know, I don't have to be there all the time or I, I'm going to see something new in a couple of months and that's very exciting. Actually. It balances it, itself mm-hmm. out whereas when you're at work what I get from people who work full-time it's well, I have to do the extra hours uh, there's so much stress for my boss because it isn't and this and that and that and so they get daily stress mm-hmm. in a smaller amount. So it's, it's probably just a difference, the kind of stress pattern you're used to.
3: Right. And
2: it doesn't let you imagine that you could do something else. So once you're in it, mm-hmm. you actually go, oh no, it's the, it's, if, 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 you, if you understand it just about enough, it's, it's totally doable. And I think a lot of people who've never worked in freelance could work freelance they've done it for a while it's it, it suddenly works a bit like moving to a different country speaking different language when you learn it in school it sounds really complicated you have to learn so much it's like i couldn't do that <laughs> you know. live there most languages you learn within three months and you're pretty much good enough and you're fine it's mm-hmm. it's it's maybe just patterns of fear patterns of stress that
0: totally don't I, I,
2: help us no, 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 no. the way they're communicated to us to imagine it could be any different
0: Right. I think I think in the initial phase, people do find it really difficult. Uh, I, I think they definitely find it difficult, but eventually um, they kind of get used to it or they develop new patterns of thinking. And I think that definitely helps them, you know, considering even now that, you know, we are going through, you know, difficult time mm-hmm. across the globe. Um, now, this has kind of become the new normal and uh, people are adapting to it. Maybe it, it wasn't this easy and it still is not yeah. but it does get better eventually.
2: Yeah, I think and then it comes down to um, us helping each other. You know, But mm-hmm. I think in, in general three months is oddly for my experience it's sort of a odd time frame. I don't know why it would be three months but it feels mm-hmm. like if I look back at all the different jobs, mm-hmm. all the different things I've done in my life even moving to a different country
3: mm-hmm.
2: I think three months was always sort of the key roundabout time when your mind seems to be able to adapt. So you go into and first you just sponge everything in and then you have the stress coming in. You need to spend more energy on it to digest it. Mm-hmm. But after that amount of time, suddenly you're like, right, okay, no, I get this now, okay, I get. This, okay, yeah, I get yeah. I see a pattern, I get a routine into it. And you saw the same here with COVID, you know, suddenly Absolutely. people have a routine with Zoom yeah. messaging and all this stuff. Um, <laughs> there was still a thing. That's still that's the that thing that's still missing
3: mm-hmm.
2: often is is really to look at not just the change and the, the, the thing in front of you but you know what about your mental state what about right. being able to talk about your problems what about right. to really uh, uh, you know again communicate it in the mm-hmm. change and transformation work I do
3: um,
2: mm-hmm. I would say all of the projects, success or failure, again, it's 50% is communication. It's not about bringing in your tools, doing yeah. workshops, that it's actually, co- how do you communicate that? What's your story? How do you make few people comfortable and enabled? And that's the thing, as soon as you start understanding things
3: a bit, <laughs> you
2: can start actually de-stressing a bit and you start to feel comfortable. Also the fact that if something fails, <laughs> it's okay and it's not the end of the world. Could I think I, the, 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 the whole context of failure is really, really tricky to, to mm. um, enable, but it's, it's, it's really, really important. Because I think that's the kind of thing that, that, that makes all of us really learn and progress. And that goes from, you know, joining a gym and then missing a couple of days and going mm. like, oh my God, now I'm already falling over. It's like, no, no, the second you actually go back, and you you went back twice, right. so you'll start to actually make it consistent. Not everyone can go straight on, you know, jump into the cold water and suddenly have a new routine. Right. That really works. I mean, I I ran I ran my first marathon this year, uh, mm-hmm. and I, wow. I just ran it through London because we were, were allowed to still run. Yeah. But it was supposed to be in Paris, so I couldn't go to Paris. So I just ran through London in safe distance and did that by myself. Mm-hmm. Um, and the thing there was. I had to train for that for four months and in between i had times where i fell a bit down and it became really hard and I had to get up quite early at times and and Mm -hmm. it gets harder and harder because you're running more and more like two three hours and more um but the point always was to just keep consistent yeah yeah Yeah. so and I, i wasn't perfectly consistent but I managed to run, you know. I'm 47 years old. <laughs> you don't look marathon. like <laughs>
3: Thank you.
2: Oh, it's all gray. Um, you know, two years ago, I didn't run, and I always mm-hmm. done sports, but not too excessively. Uh, but yeah, I managed to do that just by trying to keep going and keep going. And if you look at the internet, you find a lot of stories like that where people go, I just try, you know. I had a week or two in between, and I didn't. Yeah. I got a bit weak but i got back to it that's the point i got back i got back up It's that, that mm-hmm. old story like just getting back up is more important than anything Ab- else
3: absolutely. and that's the
2: thing understanding that that's totally okay mm-hmm. and that doesn't get a negative feedback not 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 for yourself or not from others that sort right. of gets you there and sometimes you get it and you just get back up and you know you done again once you've done it two or three times got back up with small stuff suddenly you can do bigger things so it's 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 all how that's delivered to you you know if you deliver that in one big package that's you know doubt fail step by step does the trick Mm.
0: yeah right i think yeah it's it's all about you know moving forward it doesn't matter how big or small steps that you take every single day but it's just about keep keep you know keep on going so yeah i think uh, you know change is a a constant part of human experience so I wanted to know from you whether what are some of the aspects that made it easier for you to change and adapt?
2: Yeah, um, I think the biggest part for me was to, I think a little bit, so understanding enough where I wanted to go, I think I had, you know, quite a bit of a drive. I think every two years, so, so, you know, started my BA yeah. in a different city. I changed two years through it, moved to another, city, moved to the north of Germany, because I'm all, all the way from south. And so it took two steps before I felt brave enough to then consider London. Um, mm-hmm. The driver there was just that I saw a MA course that I loved and it was like, that's for me, I just want to have that. So it's a little bit more, we have a bit of a vision for things, helps, you know, and that can be anything from, you know, I want to lose weight, I want to, I want to, I want to have a house, I want to, you know, whatever it might be, I want to learn how a particular mm-hmm. skill. Um, And it's about maybe being able to frame that. And you don't have to be able to frame it straight away. I did not know what would happen once I'm in that course in London. Mm -hmm. You know, if I can succeed in there, because uh, my English at the time wasn't great. Mm -hmm. Um, But I think if you look at it and you know, which I didn't always know, that you always learn something and it always inform your own self, Right. That is a very liberating view. Mm-hmm. So, and and there's, 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 there's some studies or some theories around you know, the five different uh, levels of, of personal growth from a quite dependent to a very individual self.
3: Right. That
2: is sort of that thing. When you realize that the things I am, the things I do,
3: mm-hmm.
2: I can step back from them. And, and they're not needs that the environment has to supply to me. Right. But there's something I know I have and I can work on. That normally liberates you, and I think that takes the fear away. Um, again, it, it's a thing where you know I didn't I didn't do all of that in a year or two. You know, this is looking back at 20, 25 wow. years.
3: you yeah, know, so it's a time. step by step <laughs> thing. <laughs>
2: um, and uh, yeah, I think in the end, if you if you can go where your, your interest and your passion leads you mm-hmm. uh, and you do it in small ways um, then it's totally do it. Some people do it in big ways and now you still look at people who had let's say worked in a job for 20 years and suddenly said that's not for me anymore, yeah. something really different. I'm impressed. I don't think if I could get out of that particular direction and suddenly go a completely different direction. I mean yeah. I wonder how much that other direction was in people and it's been building yeah. up. And that's been with me as well with the, with the book. I, I, I was for years talking about, you know what, I'm going to step out, I'm going to do a PhD, <laughs> and then I'm going to finally write that book. And then I knew I'm never going to do a PhD. I, I didn't want to you know, step out of normal work life. Mm-hmm. And I, I, I just, but I have to write the book. So I ended up just writing it. And the second i started writing and i've been thinking about this thing for a good 10 years and it just kept flowing out of me you know mm. and then i had a project in between and i picked it up again and i read it again and it read really badly <sighs> and i had to rewrite the whole thing so i rewrote this book twice um and but it got better thank god so and hopefully it's wow. good enough for that is life. wonderful and so far you know mm-hmm. yeah friends around that's the other thing you know um support Fine. Finding the right kind of feedback, I mean writing a book as a challenge is a very lonely thing to do, mm-hmm. um, you, need to find, you need to sit there for hours and do it, Absolutely. even so you enjoy it, but you get you get caught up, like with any other thing in life, you know, you mm-hmm. get caught up in your head mm-hmm. or you know, am I finished yet, does it need more, know. is it good enough, and you just try to feedback, and I didn't give the whole book to friends, I just gave them bits and pieces, right. just to, and every time I talked to someone, it was so re-energizing, it's mm-hmm. so important to get that feedback and it it, it, it you know you talk to one person mm. haven't talked to anyone for two months and suddenly you have the energy back as if you just started yeah yeah back totally. and and then you sit there why well, haven't i done that weeks ago <laughs> you know <laughs> could gonna my life easier um so it's really really good to remind yourself even when you're very introvert and normally not you know it's like, mm-hmm. if there's something that your heart is on you really want to do find the people you can talk to and there's more than ever people you can find online, you know, there's plenty of people, so in the book a lot of the um, the, the support and the nice words Mm -hmm. on the back of the book I got is from people, two or three I never really met in real life, Mm -hmm. I just talked to them online uh, and they were like that's I'm totally in line with your idea, this is so great, I was like would you write something? I send you a copy of it, like yeah, yeah, sure, absolutely, you know, you get Mm -hmm. support from those places and they're easier to find than ever, so I think, you know, Trying something new in your life and being supported by people is probably easier than ever. I mean, same with the marathon. If you look at the Facebook Mm website, there's lots of groups about just running and motivation. Yeah, yeah. Where you go and you can write to a couple of hundred people like, I'm really not feeling well today, really struggling.
0: Yeah, there are a lot of forums out there. Yes.
2: Yeah. And that stuff just helps. It's so, it's so much easier. It's so needed right now. Yeah, yeah. always you know, anywhere around the world, someone's going to be up in the middle of the night and they're going to respond yeah. to you, you know what I mean? Yeah, There's so yeah. many good people there, it's brilliant. Mm-hmm. So, I think know, it's, it's
0: all there. about looking at the right place and finding the yeah. right people, yeah.
2: Exactly, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. Yeah.
0: So, I mean, I'm sure you've gone through a lot of transitions in your life. So, I I mean, could you just throw some light on how, how can people deal with fear like sca- I mean I'm sure a lot of people out there are going to be very scared to change their career. So what would you like to tell them? How how can they take that up more uh, you know confidently? How how can they deal with it?
2: Yeah, I think it's the same thing. So um oddly enough something I rarely have done. Um mm-hmm. so I whenever I changed career or moved from you know different industries or you know from design to coding to something. Mm-hmm. Um I looked for, first I looked for courses and then later it was looking for different kind of jobs, different kind of job description, you know, I think one of my biggest move was to, so I had worked on quite a few um, innovation projects and managed teams and they're always about basically a project. So my big leap was from managing a single project to managing a project that builds multiple teams. So the scale was bigger, uh, the industry was familiar, but basically the position and the way to look at things changed. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think for me, I just knew, I had seen, it's worth having a look at what you're currently doing. There will always be skills that you already have. You don't start, start from scratch, right? Yeah,
3: yeah.
2: You either have to write people skills or you have to write knowledge about uh, an aspect of, of, of an yeah. industry where you say, you know what, that thing, I want to do that and look at that differently, you know. Even if you say, right, I work for an IT company and now I want to uh, 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 I want to sell paintings, mm-hmm. you know, you might have a, a level of entrepreneurship on you that you already could see in your existing jobs. Mm-hmm. So there's always an aspect there, so start, look at that first, look at what you think you need as skill sets
3: mm-hmm
2: and then look at what you have. And you'll probably see there's something that's already there, even even if it's just, you know, what people say about you at work. So, you know, look at what how people at work perceive you. Uh, and then again, talk to some people in that new uh, uh, industry or the new thing you want to do and see how they started. So that's, you know, what helps a lot of people in the startup community do things, entrepreneurial, a lot of entrepreneurs have mm, tons of different yeah. skills. Even when they start doing what they're doing, it's always a little bit different, but they mm-hmm. always had enough right skills to try it. Right. Um, so I talk to a lot of entrepreneurs and startup people and they have sort of this common thing where it's less the skills they actually need once they're there, it's more like that, the, 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 the passion, curiosity they have yeah. to go there. Because that's mm-hmm. sort of the thing that keeps giving you energy more and, and, and you learn most, most of the things in life, you know, mm-hmm. that's where we can maybe look at schools and education a bit differently or now at work, you know, mm-hmm. if you work on for 20 years, how are you going to grow, how are you going to train and learn? Right. Most of the things you learn once you go there. And that's what uh, seemingly the big tech companies seem to agree. Like Facebook, Apple, all these guys, they don't expect you to have a college degree anymore, which is mm-hmm. odd, but it's just one of those big shifts where they say we believe that once you're here, mm. you're doing it quick enough and good enough. That's right. basically what they're saying. So that's true for anything else you want to do in life. That's, if that's true for these high performing companies, then yeah, it should really. be true for anything you want to do. You go right. there, you're interested and again, you can connect to other people. Hear their stories, learn from them. Um, right. Some will become your friends, or a lot of them, trust me, will offer. If you have any questions, just throw me, throw me a message. We have a chat, you know.
3: Yeah, yeah.
2: It's it's amazing how if the internet has done anything, and it's done a lot of a couple of bad things as well. The good thing sure. is this enablement. You can find absolutely everywhere. I know
0: that is wonderful. I. I think this is what people need to understand. They are going to find a lot of support out there. They just need to follow their passion and
2: yeah. like really and believe in themselves. Yeah. Yes, and, and you can do that by literally um, have, have a look at yourself and you'll find you might know more than you do. One of the things that got me more into management, because mm-hmm. I'm, I was really happy with producing things uh, for a long time, You know, putting my hands on something mm-hmm. and really creating something. And eventually I knew I wanted to do something else. I wanted to do something that's more, you know, building teams rather than in production. Um, and a big confirmation I had from people when they were describing me, was, it was two things. One, I know what I'm talking about. And the second one is, mm-hmm. you seem to always bring the right people together. Yeah. And I never noticed that until someone said that to me. And then I hear it two or three times and I go, okay, if I'm seemingly perceived as doing that, then that must be something I'm actually doing. So if I can bring people together, I can probably build teams because that's that's yeah. all about putting people together. So then you look at it and you go like, it's sort of obvious that I seemingly have a skill set for that. I just uh-huh. didn't see it. But it was a drive for me to do the same thing. I wanted to go there and so like, oh, yeah, oh, oh, that's the same thing. I, I already mm-hmm. already have expertise in this, you know, because yeah. I'm already doing it without noticing it. So it's that kind of thing that, you know, where people can help you maybe. So so go and ask people mm-hmm. who you are and what to do because it's often... Yeah, it's a bit trickier just sitting by yourself and having those thoughts and so, yeah, uh, yeah. you
3: know,
2: let people tell you who you are sometimes, don't listen too much, because mm. you need to be your own person, True. Uh, but sometimes see what they say and then take that into some extent and see and then see if you prove you them right You can build
0: along. up on it, yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Exactly, yeah. Right. I mean, now this definitely brings us to a very significant question. So, I wanted you to elaborate on the kind of mindset people need for these times, where COVID-19, a new economic reality, and the mental stress of being isolated at home is impacting so many people across the world. What, what do you have to say about that?
2: I think so. That's true for people and organizations. I think everything. Mm-hmm. Um, we are at a point where. A lot of people mention, you know, our existing systems are just not working.
3: Mm-hmm. Um,
2: somehow we built something that is not good enough for us uh, because now that it's challenged, it breaks everywhere. There are breaking points everywhere. We sort of knew that, but we weren't bothered enough to take care of it. And right. now something significant is really hitting us.
3: Absolutely.
2: And now we have no time left. We might have not enough time left to fix certain things. Right.
3: Mm-hmm. So in
2: order to, to go and say, right, but how, how did we ever get so bad at this? And how how is how that possible? Because, and that's then where, where the, 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 the realization needs to happen, is that somewhere there is the essence of what we really want and really need, right? Which is, you know, safety, um, happiness,
3: yeah, pursuit yeah, of that.
2: Yeah, yeah. Um, we just put potentially the wrong incentives out there in order for things to shape around them in a right way. Right. So, you know, we have we have uh, we have an economic system that's just not set up. That's legally not set up mm-hmm. to care for the people. It cares for the small amount of people with a lot of money. Mm-hmm. It's legally set up. Mm-hmm. You know, organizations have to do that. Um, and uh, therefore, you know, that affects everything all the way down to government and life.
3: Mm-hmm. So
2: but the essence. So that's the thing to remember. The essence is still true. So the essence is still like the other thing should be the outcome. A better life should be the outcome. Right. So what we have, what we should be doing is wind things back and say, right, let's look at and de- redefine what that essence means mm-hmm. today. Uh, for example, let's say uh, we're now working from home. That's a new flexibility. There's a new liberty. Yeah. Uh, there's a bit a new confusion. Well, okay, the essence is to actually be as flexible as you can be around work. So for years, people discussed, for example, um, that you can work from home, you can stay at home uh, when when, when a child is arriving, these kind of things, that you have the security and so on, that maybe you can grow within a company and be happier longer in your work life by switching jobs, switching roles, switching uh, projects. Why is this not easier? Why can we not build something where that is a given? Right. Um, So we have to look at these things and go, well, if we want to do that, how can we then achieve that? So I think that's sort of the way forward. So the mindset is keep the essence in place because the Mm -hmm. essence is still true. The original outcome that everyone agrees on is still true. Keep that. And with the other one, sidestep. So have a look at, have a slightly different angle on that and treat everything you think you know as an assumption so as a service designer we love to say that when we mm-hmm. do uh, human centered research to often uh, try to find out what's really going on so when you do yeah. research what often happens is and that's now more and more proven in behavioral science is that yeah. what people say they want
0: mm-hmm. and what
2: they actually want are two different things very different so and it's really hard the only the only the only people you can talk to are the people because mm-hmm. uh, nobody else can dig into someone's mind and find out what's really going on uh, but you can do that to working around it right Correct. Right. so 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 the trick is often to even when you hear what people say to be able to dig a bit deeper into that and basically say okay that is what they're saying but let's really have a look how they're behaving and what's really mm-hmm. going on so if you say everyone needs everyone wants a big-inch screen to be happy mm-hmm. at home that doesn't mean you should go and buy big, big end screens for everyone. What you should be doing is like, okay, why do people want to buy that? Why do people think a big right. end screen actually makes them happy? And if you dig further into that, you might actually find what's really going on here. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's, it's that kind of thing where you say, yeah, don't go to the first thing that comes to your mind. Treat what mm-hmm. you already think you knew in the past as an assumption in order to dig back into that and see if that's still Mm -hmm. true
3: yeah Mm -hmm. a lot
2: of things we think we know they're 20 30 50 years old in science for sure behavioral science and uh, design thinking for example have been around for good 50 years
0: absolutely Um, yeah they're
2: they're Mm -hmm. only now moving their way into helping us understand what people really want right so half a century old ideas Mm -hmm. are only a few years old and we only started to use those tools which means we're still building up. We're creating things and putting the money where uh, ideas are still quite outdated. So we yeah. should go back and say, no, let's say that's an assumption, and let's
0: yeah restructure again. Mm-hmm. Yeah,
2: with COVID in particular, you know, um, that's that's the big opportunity to say the reality just hasn't changed. Yeah. It's a new reality now.
3: Yeah. Uh, we
2: still we still know we need to, we need the same basics. Mm-hmm. How does that respond to the new reality? So let's 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 find out about this reality as fast True. as we can mm-hmm. to reposition ourselves and be a a bit more calm, happier, and see that we can actually exist within
0: it. Definitely, yeah. mm-hmm. I think yeah, this is something that people are eventually going to kind of accept it, and you know, um, I think this has definitely helped me um, reflect on my. Past experiences and try and kind of understand that this is the time, this is the opportunity, and you know, we can reinvent, revamp, and restructure. There's so much that we could do right now, and only if people look at this as an opportunity and not as a roadblock, you know.
2: Exactly,
0: so yeah, I mean, this
2: a big, there's a big danger that, um, and and a lot of people will do that they will try to get back to what was before because
3: that
2: yeah yeah that's comfort in in behavioral science there is sort of a um i think there's a proximity bias or it's one of this yeah of biases. the way we think that we can't that stops us from really progressing to where we Mm -hmm. should be progressing to and make the right decision that's basically we're gonna go for the familiar thing yeah because the familiar thing we trust the familiar thing more even so it might be wrong right?
0: Absolutely, uh, yeah. I think that a, happens in tricks. all aspects of our lives
2: Oh totally, totally Like, yeah. and it goes all the way back to biology that mm-hmm. seemingly some people or we're more likely to try to find a partner that somehow reminds us the way mm-hmm. our parents look so there's all these kind of yeah, things yeah. going on um, mm-hmm. our, our brain unfortunately is built on the fact that you know, 98, 98% of it is lazy because it's using less energy so it's a smart thing to do for us to use less energy uh, but it's the thing that just refers to a library that already knows everything we, we, we don't try to investigate something new so 98 percent of the time, you're being emotional uh, and react on that and basically go with what we already know instead of looking at something going like hmm let, let me look at that twice no we tend to look at it once because that b brand and,
3: mm-hmm. Kahneman
2: and some people have been describing uh, that needs a lot of extra energy and our bodies is trying to be they're really trying to be energy efficient so they try right. to use that precious b-brain as little as possible
3: mm-hmm. so
2: and it's hard that's why change is hard because you have to tap a lot into your b-brain to get the new things into your head into your right your, into your into your quick library so it's it's energy intensive but that's how you How you learn is how you practice as well. So deliberate practice is something like, uh, so on our podcast, we had uh, Geoff Colvin there who talks a lot about talent and how we build talent. Mm -hmm. It's the same thing. Talent is change, right? It's improvement, it's change. And you do it through deliberate practice, which means you don't just do something. You actually step back, have a look at it and go, hang on a second, what did you just do? Mm -hmm. That's the tough thing because that makes you, you have to think about something, not just do it. Yeah. that needs to be brain so that it's extra energy but the extra energy is to the, the stuff that actually builds up and, right. and, 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 and progresses you so all these uh, theories and science is actually there to tell us that's how you do that it's never easy
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
2: but if you know a little bit how it functions you yeah. can actually tackle everyone can everyone can tackle it
0: absolutely i think it's all about developing a new way of thinking and i think that's when a lot of things, especially change, becomes very easy, you know.
2: Yeah, I think it's like, it's. uh, some people like to say it's probably a little bit like you train a muscle, you know, like getting (laughs) a bit to change, Um, I had times when, you know, after my first two years in London, so after that I was in Dublin a bit and then came back to London and after a few years in London I said, okay, it's enough now. I've done this mm-hmm. three times now every, every, every two years. Yeah. Uh, now I kind of stick around for a while. I need, I need a break. Uh, we don't yeah. always have the energy and it's not mm-hmm. like you mm-hmm. change all the time. I think that's going kind to of wear out everyone. Mm-hmm. But when change happens,
3: mm-hmm. it can
2: happen over different lengths of time. It can happen over a few months. Yeah. It can happen over a few years. years. It doesn't matter. Mm-hmm. So sometimes you, even so now we're quite pressured
3: mm-hmm. to change
2: very quickly. We're going to have a couple of months, something like Absolutely. that. For yeah. Yeah. Year. Then we need to be in a better place. Um, so there's a lot of pressure now.
3: Mm-hmm.
2: But the good thing is, like I said before, around about three months is actually a significant amount of time where a lot of things can tend to happen. Which means if you're ever, if you're at the moment in a position where there's a lot of stress
3: mm-hmm. on you,
2: mm-hmm. you should know that in about three months you will start looking at it already very, very differently. So just get through that amount of time and it right. will be better. Good. Lovely. No matter what. Because even if it's not fully solved, you will have collected so much more information and tried so many new things to cope with it you'll already be in better place i would i would promise that
0: so definitely Mm -hmm. there's
2: always an end to it and there's always progress essentially
0: absolutely i think it's all about just hanging in there and you know letting life unfold on its own and i am very sure things are going to get better so yeah
2: yeah definitely definitely
0: lovely it was such an insightful episode with you marcus is there anything you want to share with my listeners that they definitely should know about?
2: Uh, well, apart from the book and the podcast, but you mentioned that, those already, um, what they should know about. I think in general, um, keep keep an open mind, I'd say. Um, mm-hmm. look, look at things that these are interesting times, they're exciting times. It's going to be tough, mm-hmm. but I think it's going to be interesting where things go. We're going to see a lot of good things coming out of this as bad as it is. Yeah. And I I can't point at a particular thing, but you know, the internet is big. There's a lot of stories flying around. Really? Keep looking for those positive stories because I think there's there's a lot of groups and people organizing around new things. <laughs> um some of my friends have very uh, there's too many ideas that are quite good to, to, to name.
3: Uh-huh. Um
2: and, and you never know which ideas stick around. Yeah. But generally like look out for these stories. The good stories are already around. You know? Mm-hmm. The daily news stories are a bit a bit odd, the mainstream stuff's a bit odd and it's a bit confusing still. But it feels like the good stuff's already bubbling up. So I, would... I can't point to them really. <laughs> <laughs> One You're URL sure. in my mm-hmm. head mm-hmm. But... There's there's some really interesting thinking going on and some people already acting on things in right. very interesting ways.
0: <laughs>
2: good, the good news will come.
0: Of course. Now this is what I think we all needed to hear. So thank you so much, Marcus, for being there and sharing some wonderful insight into The Wicked Company. Uh, I'm, I wish you a very good luck for your book. And I am looking forward to reading it. So I will order it very soon. And I will request all of my listeners to please make your way right now and look up The Wicked Company. And I'm very sure you're going to find it very helpful. And
1: Thank you
2: so much. Thanks <laughs> for inviting me. That
1: was Thank really you so much. It was so lovely talking to you. You can now book yourself a free breakthrough session with Rena Jen. The link is mentioned in the episode show notes. Take the first step towards your happiness journey now. Why? Well, because you deserve to be happy.